awesome. Hey, welcome to CC Midweek. I can't tell you, I feel like I look forward to this day more than most days. I, um, it was last year, and we were thinking about adding a third service, and I was like, man, I don't want to just do another service to do another service. I wanted to do something special. And I kind of felt like I was going to be owning this one. And I asked my dad, I was like, hey, can I, can I own it? And I spent the next several months just seeking God because I feel like I really, really, really have a heart that wants to meet the next generation. And I see stories like Jaden, and I am so thankful for what our church is doing in the world. I'm so thankful that we're going on mission trips and their kids are loving each other, but they're falling in love with God in life-changing ways. It's like why we do what we do. And I was sick and I wasn't feeling good and I was watching YouTube. Any YouTube fans here? I just was like watching like a day in my life and the girl was like going grocery shopping and working. I was like the dumbest stuff, but I was like sucked in. And all I could think to myself is, there's a young girl out there, and she's going to be struggling in life, and she's going to be scrolling YouTube. But what if, instead of it was just like a normal day, what if there was something that was like attached to the truth of God in it, where it was like the goodness and the reality of life, right? But it was attached to something that might give that young girl hope. And it created this vision inside of my heart of like, girl, we are coming for you. And I started seeking God, and I was like, hey guys, what if we do vlogs like three weeks, and we preach one week, and we just kill it with worship, and we just like go all out, and everyone's like, let's do it! And we got like 10 views, our first vlog, and um, two weeks ago, a young girl reached out to me. She messaged me, and she said, I've been struggling so bad. I've been struggling with anxiety, and it's just been, like, so overwhelming. And I found CC Midweek's YouTube page. And in it, I heard someone say that God is for me, and it reset my whole perspective. And I thought to myself, yeah, I thought to myself, oh, I'm not just coming for her. God is coming for her. And I believe with my whole heart, this service is going to be something special. I believe like one day we're going to look out and we're going to be like, there's no more seats in this room. They're filled because what God is doing in this place. And I just, I, I ask that if you aren't a part, if you aren't a part of ministry and Sundays or on CC Midweek, like maybe just consider being a part because when God's in it, something happens in our life where it just lights our souls on fire. Fire. And so I invite you to be a part of CC Midweek, be a part of serving, be a part of coming, be a part of inviting somebody. We're on week four of soul care, and we're going to wrap it up this week. But I have just been thinking about how important soul care has been in my life. I, I, I know that we've talked about it, but I just want to recap that the soul is our innermost being. 
You know, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, I don't know, like, care for the soul. But it's like, what the heck is the soul? You know, like, what does it really mean? And how do you really, truly care for it in the kind of way that's helpful in everyday life? And so I got, I kind of did that deep dive study. Okay, what's my innermost being? It's not just like the cartoon ghost that flies to heaven when my life is over. Like, there's something more. And when I studied the soul, the, the biggest idea is there's, it's made up of pieces and parts. And I found that I could be healthy in some of those pieces, and I could be unhealthy in others, and it had me all out of whack. So I could be healthy in my emotions, like I would be feeling okay, I would be choosing joy, I would be doing those things. I could kind of feel okay in like my will and my choices, and I was working out and spending time with God, but man, my thought life was a wreck, and it created this disjointed piece of my soul. And when we realize that our soul is made up of all these pieces, it's made up of our mind, our thoughts, and how we think can really affect how I feel. It can affect my emotions, and then my emotions can affect my will or my choices. And then I think we all know that there is some truth in this mind-body-soul connection, that our, our soul partners with our body. Have you ever just been, like, in need of, like, release, and you go on a workout or you go on a run, and you're like, okay, I can think better. Like, there is a mind-body partnership with this soul piece. And we've been talking about how, how God has prepared a table for us. He's prepared, metaphorically, this beautiful life for us. But way too often, we pull up a seat for the wrong people. I'm like, oh, shame. Let me think about all the bad things I've done and stew on it and feel like a loser. Come on up to my table. Can I get an amen? Okay. I think sometimes we pull up, like, the comparison game. And we give comparison a seat at our table, and it robs us of the life that God has created for us. Sometimes I think that we listen to all the wrong voices, and there is a true enemy out there. And to really know what does the voice of God sound like in my life? How do I identify his voice so I can follow it with passion? And we said, okay, here's how we identify God. We identify God because he's a life giving God. When our thoughts give us life, when they give us momentum, when they give us well-being, that is God working. When we, when we have a sense of peace that makes no sense at all, life has been a disaster, things have been happening, but inside there's some sense of peace and well-being, that's a God voice. When we look and we see that uh, we are never really, honestly, truly alone because we have a good, good friend who is with us. He walks through the valley of the shadow of death with us. He is a good, good friend. But most importantly, our God, he sounds like love because it's not just what he does, it's who he is. We talked about the hurried soul, right? And, and in the hurried soul, we've got to find silence because in the power of silence, we can hear the whisper of God. And in the whisper of God, we often say, like, why? Why the whisper? And he whispers because he is so close. And tonight, I want to talk about our choices. 
Guys, I lost every ounce of cool I had. <laughs> okay, it was the end of last week. I was on my way to work, and I was a little bit late, and I had to film for the all-church emphasis that we're doing, and I was going to be filming on humility. And I was running a little late and already, like, hadn't spent time with God yet, and someone cuts me off. I am not a road rager. Like, never have been. Something happened inside of your girl, okay? I lost all my cool. May or may not have given them a hand signal to let them know what I thought about them. Soul cares. Sister needs work, okay? And then the person behind me decides to ride as close as they possibly can, as if I'm choosing to go that speed. I thought to myself, I could slam in front of this person and simultaneously slam on my brakes, and I could get a twofer. <laughs> I could get a two-for-one and smash that person who cut me off and smash, and then I came into work to film on humility. Okay, <laughs> let's just say, when you watch the video, if you watch it, you'll know. Okay, you'll know. It was a disastrous morning. And I had to ask myself, okay, yeah, it's annoying that someone cuts you off and someone's riding your tail, but how often does that happen where I don't want to slam into them and hurt them? Something deeper's going on on the inside. Something deeper is going on. See, our choices, I think so often we say, I am gonna, I'm gonna modify the behavior. So in that situation, I would say, you're angry, girl. You need to go chill. And I would try to work on the anger, work on the anger, work on the anger. But what happens is, if you're better than me, maybe you get a day. But I get maybe an hour. Because I'm not focusing on what truly deep down is the root cause. I'm focusing on the behaviors that are coming out of it. Does this make sense? And in our life... That's what we do. We focus on the behavior. And we try to modify, and we try to modify, and we try to modify, and we make deals with God. If you just let this happen, I will never do this again. Anybody. I need some talking tonight. I need, like, amens and yeses. Okay, I, when, when I make deals with God, then what happens? I'm a good girl for a little bit, but then inevitably, I go back. And here is the biggest piece of this. We are soul champions. We are fighters because there is something worth fighting for. Our innermost being, the person we are fighting to become, is worth fighting for. And too often, we live a mundane life. Too often, we settle for the pain or we settle for the things that have come our way instead of saying, absolutely not. Today is a new day. Let me, let me share what someone said. I heard it like this. I thought it was awesome. Just because it happened to me doesn't make it part of me. Just because the thing I didn't want to happen happened, it doesn't get to cripple me. Just because it came to pass doesn't mean it gets to stay. We need God's help so that we can own the state of our soul and so we can take charge of our heart. Listen to what Proverbs 4, starting at verse 20, says. 
It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Do not let them out of your sight and keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Here's, here's our verse. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth pre free of perversity and keep correct talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead and fix your gaze directly above, before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. This is most likely Solomon and he's an older man talking to his son and there's this fatherly wisdom and here's what I really want to turn to you know the, the the thing about the Bible is that it is it's God's word he used man but man he's initiating these thoughts and he says hold fast to this keep it within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one to one's whole body who wants some life? You know what I'm saying? Like, life can be really, really hard, and I don't want to live this weak, mundane, go with the flow, no passion, vanilla-flavored life. I want to have some chocolate and sauce and caramel. <laughs> I really believe that when we listen to these words, guys, it's health to the soul. And at some point, we have all been raised. We've all grown up. And there's been pieces of our heart that needs renovated. There's pieces of our heart from our circumstances, for how we grew up, for something that's happened to you. It needs renovation. And today, I want to look and I want to say, okay, how? How, above all else, how do I guard my heart? How, how do I guard it in the kind of way that every piece of my inner being then touches my outer life? How does my thoughts and my emotions and my will and my choices, how does it affect who I am becoming? And I kind of did a deep study with my dad on these words, these original Hebrew words. Above all else, guard your heart. And in the original Hebrew, this idea of guard is literally like you're guarding a prisoner. And if you're gardening, gardening, <laughs> if you're guarding a prisoner, what are you going to be? You're going to be alert, right? You're not going to fall asleep. You're not going to be, you're going to be diligent. You're going to be keeping focus. And what the author is saying is keep focus. This is the inner being. This is the stuff no one sees. So do you know what that means? It is the easiest to let slide. It's the easiest to be like, eh, another day. It's the easiest to become undisciplined. But guys, when we guard with all diligence our heart, everything flows from it. I like how he says in Proverbs 4.25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. I think it's fair to say in our life, one of the most harmful things we can do is ruminate. Everyone knows what a cow does when they ruminate. They eat the grass, chew it up, spit it out, 
It's more like vomit, but whatever. Eat it back up, chew it up, swallow it, throw it up, eat it back up. They're ruminating. And guys, this is what we do in our life. I think about my, my moments of being a loser. I think about my moments of where I failed. And don't you know it? Sometimes life likes to prick you extra, and so then someone else will, like, confirm it, you know? Um, and then I ruminate, and I, it holds me. It stops me from being all that God has created me to be. And the author is saying, if you want to truly guard your heart, if you want to truly move forward in the kind of way that brings soul care, then I want you to let your eyes look straight ahead. I want you to fix your gaze directly before you. I started thinking in my life, what does that mean? Like, what does this truly look like? And I believe with all my heart, it means we have to have a vision of who we want to become. We have to have a vision of something better than it is now. Because my God is a God of hope. And, and I have to ask myself, okay, Sarah, what, how do you create a vision? Like, my dad talks about these visions he's gotten from God, and I'm like, you got a 40-year vision? <laughs> like, you are anointed. Yes, teach me your way, sensei. Because sister's not getting a 40-year vision. It's just, and so I thought this was normal. I thought this was like how God worked. And I'm over here like, here I am, Lord, send me. You know, like I'm just waiting for something. And so, so how? How do we see the vision? The very first thing is we do, we have to open our hands, we have to open our heart, and we have to ask, God, I want to see the best version of myself with you. And do you know what I do? Sometimes I close my eyes. And sometimes I just envision, in five years, what does the best version of you look like? And I close my eyes, and I see little Sila. And I see that, look at that little grandpa baby. <laughs> this is my granddaughter. I see Sila, and I see her and I giggling, and we're running, and we're hiding because mom and dad have come to pick her up, but she doesn't want to go, and I don't want her to go. And so I have a vision of us hiding under a sheet, just giggling together. And I see this vision play out in my head, and I think, man, I want to have longevity. Man, I want to have, have the kind of healthy home where it's joy and love, and Sila wants to stay. I think to myself, okay, I want to be able to run and play with her, so I've got to get my butt going. And when I see that, then I can say, okay, how do I make that happen? How do I make that vision a reality? And listen to me, I write it down. You hear me? Listen to what this one says. It says, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Give careful thought to the path. So I see this vision. I see this vision of this church. My sister Katie had a dream, and she doesn't know this, but it has stuck with my heart. She said we were in a room, and it wasn't, it was like a giant auditorium, and it was just tears, and it was just filled. And she said, I leaned over, and I whispered to you, look at what God did through you. 
it just wrecked me because I was like, I want that. I want it so bad, not for my honor, not for my glory. Guys, I never chose preaching. I don't even want to preach. <laughs> I actually really don't like it. I'm very sweaty. <laughs> like, like if you just knew, but my heart's desire is that we show the people the love and the goodness of a God that is so much better than we know. That we show a God who is for you. That we see kids' lives transformed where they want to change their careers, where they want to give their life in service of God. I see it, and I believe it with all my being. And so then I say, okay, then what kind of spiritual life do I have to have? How do I, how do I seek God in the kind of way that maybe he could do something like that through a girl like me? And then I say, okay, what does my spiritual life look like right now? And I say, okay, I want to grow in some areas. I don't fast often. It's not a spiritual practice that I take. I just don't do it much. I've maybe done it a handful of times in my life. And so I say, okay, I'm going to fast in 2024. I'm going to do it this many times, and I'm going to put it on my calendar. And fasting is saying, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to take away something. Most often it's food. I'm going to take away food so that I can really hear and concentrate on the voice of God in my life. And too often, when I fasted, I was like, girl, your girl needs to lose two pounds. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, we'll, do, we'll do, get a twofer, okay? But that was like, you're missing the point of a healthy spiritual life. It has nothing to do with your vanity and the way you look. It has everything to do with the open heart to hear God. And so I put it on my calendar. And I had to say, okay, I'm studying because if I want to be a, a pastor— if God chose me to be a pastor, because I still, again, don't really choose it, but he chose me, so we say yes. And I got to get ordained. And I don't know if you know, but dad is no joke. He, it is the hardest process I'll probably ever do in my entire life. You have to have a thesis for each book of the Bible. You have to read so many books this thick. Guys, I've quit like three books, and I was like, is there a dumber version we can find? And I'm like, I'm like pushing the envelopes. I'm like, are there good podcasts we can listen to and learn this? Because my learning style is so much different. And so I'm like trying to find ways to learn because my heart desires to know God better. Because I can see the vision. Close your eyes. You don't have to do it right now. Everybody close your eyes. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, close your eyes and just picture in five years, what does it look like? And then you write it down, and you be steadfast. You be consistent. I'm just learning the older I get, discipline is like everything. Because here's what I'm thinking. If I can be disciplined now, it just becomes normal life in a couple of months. You know what I'm saying? Like the cold plunge, discipline now going to become regular later. No one gets it. We're going we're gonna to plan. We're going to write it down, and then we're going to put it in our calendar. You hear me? If you don't use a calendar, come talk to me afterwards. We're going to get you hooked up because it's a game changer, okay? It's a game changer. And if I write it down, it's more than just intent. It's more than just a thought that I want to happen. I'm now planning my future for it. Do not turn to the right or the left and keep your foot from evil. I think about 
all the times in my life when, like, I just have not done the right thing. I think about the times in my life when it wasn't just my foot. Like my sister's had her whole body out. You know what I'm saying? And I long to be better. I long to be a better woman. And when I think about those moments, I think about how every single time God showed up. I think about being that young 16-year-old mom alone and scared in my bedroom. I wasn't alone. I had the tribe of heaven with me. Like, my family is amazing. But I was alone that, in that, that bedroom. And I remember just crying with God and saying it to you and me. Like, I want better. I want to be better. I want to be better for her. I want to be better for you. And see, the, the trick to our choices, the trick to the renovation of the heart is finding a strength in God. Time after time after time, we're going to go through moments in our life that we can choose one, we can choose another. Stuff can be put in our laps we don't want. And at the end of the day, I can try to muster the strength, right? I can try to be tough and suck it up. And, or I can say, I find my strength in God and God alone. I find my strength in my rock in my refuge. I find my strength under the shadow of his wing. I find my strength in a God who has set a table before me, in a God who cares so much for me that he sent his son. And he sent his son to just give it all. And time and time and time again, I can see the vision, I can see the plan, I can write it down. But what happens when it doesn't go the way you think it should? What happens when the pain comes? Or the frustration or the hurt? What do you do with it then? My Lexi was in labor. It was a little bit scary because her blood pressure was high, and it was kind of like doctors were making such a big deal about it. And I'm mom, so I have to be cool. You know what I'm saying? I am calm. I am strength. I am dignity. <laughs> and they uh, sent her to be induced, and she is a total all-star, and was like, we're not doing pain medicine. We're just, we're going to do it. I want to see what the body can do. And I was like, girl, you crazy. <laughs> like, get the medicine. You know what I'm saying? And um, it was 18 hours. And uh, she had contract contractions like every minute. And so um, there was no break in 18 hours, like zero break. And I was like, if baby's going through it, she's going to know I am right here with her every step of the way. And like 26 hours later, Sela was born, and Lexi's blood pressure kind of stayed high. And I had to go home that night, and I'm telling you what I wanted to do. I wanted to go home and pour a giant glass of wine. <laughs> Can I be honest? I was like, sister could use a giant glass of red wine. And I chose instead to go home and turn on worship music. And I normally have a playlist. 
and no one was home. And so I was like, I can literally get on my knees and just like be grateful to God, but also just like seek help, you know, seek some strength. And I turned on what I thought was my worship playlist and I heard a song. I'm going to have the band come up. And I heard a song and it's been on repeat ever since I heard it. Because the whole idea is we are drawing closer. We are drawing closer to God. And the truth about soul care in every single one of these sermons, the whole heartbeat of it is I have to decide I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him faithfully. And every chance I get, I am going to direct and redirect my attention to him. I'm going to renovate the broken parts of my heart because I am loved. Because through the wind and through the rain, I can hear him call my name. Listen to this song.
second I heard that song, I was like, Anthony Kennel, I'm coming for you, kid. I could not wait to hear him sing that song. What happens when you've reached your limit? What happens when maybe the choices have all come back to play? Or, you know, what, what, where, where do you find the strength when you're seeking God and you're still broken? Then what? What do you do then? We're soul champions. And there's an idea. There was a group of runners who ran the Boston Marathon and they were interviewed and they said, why do you keep going when like the pain is so much you can't breathe? Like when you feel like everything's gonna give out, what makes you keep going? And one of the girls was like, uh, is, it, is it the audience is cheering you on? Is it the, the practice that you just hit the pavement? Is it the idea of the finish line that keeps you going? And one woman said, no, that's not it. I just focus on taking one more step. She called them glory moments. See, often we think glory moments are when you cross the finish line. Glory moments are when you are ordained or whatever your big goal is. Those are the glory moments, but we're redefining that today. We're redefining it because we're soul champions and those glory moments are when you want to quit, but you take one more step. When you've been struggling with addiction and it's just been coming for you and coming for you and coming for you, but you say, not today. Today I'm getting help. That is a glory moment. When your child's hurting so bad that you don't know what to do and you just are, you're seeking God with all your heart and you say one more day with the strength of God, that is a glory moment. When your relationship is breaking and it just feels like you do not know what to do next, your glory moment is not the 20 year anniversary. Your glory moment is day in and day out, choosing to take one more step. Soul care, it's all of us. It's our innermost being. And when we say we are soul champions, we are not fighting alone, we're fighting with a mighty and powerful God. A God who is for us, a God who gives us the strength to take one more step day in and day out. Because here's what I believe. I believe when we start to transform the things inside of us, that we start to, I sometimes see it as like a darkness and I just see these seeds of light being planted. And I was like, what can God do with the seed of light? What could he do with the seed of light in the darkness? Because I believe he can do more than we can ever think, hope, or imagine. Your God is for you, and we are soul champions, and we are walking in the glory moments because there is a before and there is an after. And I cannot wait to see what God does in you and through you. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. I love this church. I love these people here that came out tonight and everybody watching online, Father, and I pray that you create within us soul champions where we stay alert, where we care about our heart, Father, our innermost being, 
where we, we take captive the thoughts inside us, Father, and we close our eyes and we seek you and we say, God, what is the version of me that you have created? Show me, Father. And when you start to see it, you plan it and you calendar it and you stay consistent. And then when the hard times come, Father, we get the strength from you and we just choose to take one more step. Will you solidify in us who you are, your strength and your love and your power so that we can make a difference in this part of the world? I seek you. I love you. I'm so, so, so thankful for a God like you. In your mighty son's name we pray, amen.